Global Connections Television is a privately funded, independently produced program. The opinions expressed on Global Connections are solely those of the moderator and his guests. We invite you to go to the website at www.globalconnectionstelevision.com to view previous shows. If you're involved with a PBS or community access television station or an educational institution that has an intra-campus television hookup, or perhaps a podcast or just a computer and would like to share the programs, please feel free to do so. Global Connections is provided at no cost to help people in the U.S. and worldwide better understand how international issues impact our lives. Welcome to today's Global Connections program. I'm Bill Miller. Today, we're going to take a look at some very interesting concepts in the healthcare area and what one entrepreneur has done in Myanmar. My guest today is an expert on these topics. My guest is Mr. Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy is a global change agent, international healthcare facility futurist and planner, who is the founder and president of Care for Peace International. His new book is titled The Care for Peace Manifesto, A Global Mandate, to secure the second human evolution in perpetuity. Jeff Hardy, welcome to today's Global Connections program. Thank you, Bill. Appreciate you being with me today. Good to see you again. Thank you. Let's let's just dive right into it. Let's start about start with your book. Uh, what is the Care for Peace Manifesto? What's the main thrust of it? The the main thrust of the manifesto is what happens after fifty years of helping hospitals and especially nurses build the environments that they they need to have to take care of the patients because the nurses i found out early on in life are the most caring people in the world sure they provide clinical delivery but the care that comes from their heart is the most wonderful thing in the world. And I realized that they get a different kind of peace than, than the one we assume is what you get between wars or after people are mm-hmm. killed or after conflicts, or if you're sitting cross-legged on top of a mountain. <laughs> it's a type of peace yes. that occurs while you are caring. And then I became a hospital corpsman in the Coast Guard. And sure enough, my God, what an incredible feeling it is to mm-hmm. hold the hand of a recovering soldier and having them just look in your eyes and say, thank you. And you realize that the thanks you're getting is coming from within. Mm-hmm. And so all of that began like 45 years ago when I ended up working with Kaiser Foundation International. I ended up designing hospitals with architects and four hospital owners like Catholic Healthcare West, Columbia HCA, uh, you name it, all these wonderful organizations. I sold my company and decided I'd help the poorest people in the world in Myanmar. And that's where the idea of care for peace as a method of going into the country and giving them the opportunity to build their community on giving. Because when it comes right down to it, love is the ability to give. Love Mm -hmm. is what you give to people and how you give it is with your heart and your hands and that's what we wanted to do for these smallest villages in the world that are 35 air miles and 
walking miles, hiking miles, boat miles away from here in San Francisco. So this new organization was a nonprofit that would go to Myanmar and experiment in one village. So we now have a prototype village, a care for peace village that has been designed to be a prototype for 250 villages throughout the country. And this is one of the most rural countries in the world. It's not recognized the way countries in Africa are recognizing. It's kind of like over there. And people, most people I talk with don't even know where Myanmar is. I have to say, well, uh, remember Burma? Oh, <laughs> That's right. Yes. Hearing about Burma, but uh, I don't know where it is. Well, it's to the left of Thailand. Oh, okay. And some people actually know where Thailand is, but that's yeah. a subject. We just love what we've done. The problem we had was after building this prototype that is even better than what we imagined. What the people have done is beyond what we imagined. Problem. Well, let's let's we're going to let's jump into that. I do want to be sure to put out your website, though. Our viewers can go to www.careforpeace.org if they're interested. And you are a 501c3 nonprofit, as I recall. So that's very important. So they can go to that and tap into it. Let's talk a little bit about uh, Myanmar and what you've done with the villages. And of course, that situation has changed, especially militarily. The people who are in control of the government were not the people, I'm guessing, who were in control when you were over there or were working to, to, on this. But uh, talk about that, uh, what you did then, the evolution of the system of the healthcare operation and where it is today. Thank you for the question. That's a big question. And I think I have to start by saying I've made more mistakes than anybody else when it comes to working internationally <laughs> and doing the wrong thing at the wrong time for the wrong people. And um, that was when I was with Kaiser Foundation International, and they didn't have anything to do with the failures. It was all mine. So I own all that stuff. I mean, you have to really get buy-in, and then you have to get people who are on the ground who believe in what it is that they want to do. So I don't go in anymore and say, here's what I want to do to you. I say, hey, what do you need? How can I help and how high? And so I did that with the top government, Aung San Suu Kyi's government officials and their Ministry of Health people. And then by the time I got them to say what it is that they needed, I ended up going right down to the village level and asking them, what do you need? How can we help and how high? Well, we need a health care van to be able to drive over the rough roads to be able to get to some of the villages that have never even seen a health care van or a doctor for that matter. So we gave them a van. And then they said, what else do you need? Well, we need a computer. We need a screen. We need a something that we can do. Like, so we gave them some software and the computer. And then they said, well, now what, what can you do? I says, well, what do you need? Well, you know what? We really need a health center and we need to build our community. Well, let me ask you this. If the uh, situation changes, which it looks like it's not going to right now, they've got a pretty ironclad grip on the country. Do you have plans to go back to Myanmar if you could do that at some point? 
I don't have plans. I have a vision because it was there in the beginning. Um, and because we are non-denominational, as it were, we are, uh, if the if the government in whatever form it is, is a decent government and they're not killing people, then I will go help whatever that government is because I want to help the people in the villages. I want to be able to go in and help the people who, when I arrived, there were people in the village that we went into look up in the skies and see those contails from the airplanes and think that they were messages from Buddha. I mean, you, you don't understand what it is that you're going into until you go into it. And then when you get there, you realize, wait a minute, government? They don't care about the government. They don't even know what it is. They don't read the newspapers. They don't have, they didn't even have televisions when we arrived. They didn't mm -hmm. even have electricity. So it, it, you have to you have to decide that you're going to help where it's needed the most. And I would say that's one of my many uh, what uh, ideas that we need to do. Mm -hmm. Go where they need it the most. And, and yeah. that's why Martin Luther King is absolutely one of my absolute heroes in this life, because that's what he did. He just went where it's needed, where they asked him to go. And then he led because he was able to articulate what the people wanted and interact with them and then help them. And so he did a leading process that I couldn't even try to do, but I have it in my spirit that that's really what I'm doing to help the poorest exactly. people in the world. Well, you already have a track record, and it's one that started and, and ended, and you, so you have, have a finished product. Are you looking at maybe some other country to go to, like Laos, Cambodia, whatever the case, maybe even Thailand or someplace like that, where they could use some assistance? Because there's need. Well, I just picked Asia, you know, all over Africa, South America to a large degree. So are you looking at some other countries, perhaps? We have looked at two Central America countries, um, but decided that we could not go simply because I have some rules. I have worked a lot outside the country in Curacao, Bahamas, Bahrain, and the Persian Gulf, um, among others, uh, Kenra, Nigeria. Um, and one of the things that I insist on is meeting with the American ambassador before I get started doing anything. And there was no American ambassador until four months before we arrived in Myanmar. Well, when I looked at the two Central American countries, yeah, they have ambassadors, but they're basically warning us that, you know, there's problems in this country right now that you wouldn't want to get involved in because, you know, I, I do want to survive. I, I don't sure. want to yeah up in some military thing we have definitely talked about what we could do in um uh what's that country over there that's having the war right now you know um ukraine yeah and by the way that that was my idea of a joke because oh that, okay that happens to my head well, there are like, so there's so many countries having wars <laughs> yeah but that's that's one i read about it at least three times a day. So it's right. Exactly. And anyway, so we have talked about uh, looking at Myanmar um, and uh, excuse me, at Ukraine. And uh, I would find it wonderful if we could go over there and help them because I would like to ask them how we can help because here's a country that was very westernized in many ways. 
So it would be different. Oh, sure. It would be different. Exactly. Yes, yes, that's true. Now, you're in your book, and you've said it before, I've heard you say it, that the, quote, process is a solution. What, what do you mean by the process is a solution? Well, I've always had a problem with AT&T's uh, moniker, which I love the moniker, that the system is the solution. I just loved listening to that. And then I realized, wait a minute, the system is really a result of a process. And really, it's the process is the solution. If you don't have a process, then uh, you, you won't be able to establish the solution that you think you want. And that really came from my healthcare consulting, where I would go into a hospital that said, you know, we think we need somebody to help us with the design of this hospital. Hey, let's call Jeff Hardy. And so I'd go on in and I'd say, well, what's your pre-planning? What pre-planning have you done? They didn't do any pre-planning. And pre-planning is a big ticket item. And in my book, I talk about how you pre-plan, because that's where you have to get together and think about what's needed. A lot of times they don't. They say, oh, we want a brand new hospital. Well, you know what? I mm -hmm. built a hospital in Morgan Hill, California. It's still there, but it's not a hospital anymore. They closed it a year and a half after opening because they didn't do any pre-planning, which includes trying to figure out who the patients might be who comes to this hospital. All the patients south of San Jose, California were Kaiser or Medicaid. And this hospital was not designed to be a, a, a Kaiser or a Medicaid hospital. Nobody came. So you have yep. to pre-plan. And that's what we did in Myanmar. We started at the very top with, with the government. We got to the state level, at the regional level, and then finally, finally got down to the, the villagers. And we asked them, and guess what? They had completely different answers than the government people did. But we I got them all that. <laughs> yes. And I think we helped the government a lot by letting them know what we were doing with the villagers and letting the government know what the villagers wanted to have done. So I think that our process is absolutely the key to everything. And when I went for Kaiser Foundation International to Curacao, for instance, they told me, well, here's what you're doing. You're implementing this binder. And they gave me a binder that some expert PhDs went down and said that they needed and guess what? They had 50 of those binders in the <laughs> office that my wife and I showed up to. I looked at the binders and said, well, aren't these binders for the people? And they said, oh, no, we don't want to read that. Mm -hmm. Lesson one, the first day I showed up for Kaiser Foundation, if you don't start with the people, you aren't going to end up with the people. It will be very, it will be, probably be an unsuccessful project <laughs> exactly. at the very least and that may be the understatement of the year yeah that's for sure. so you're watching global connections television which is a privately funded independently produced program the opinions expressed on global connections are solely those of the moderator and his guest we'd invite our viewers to go to our website at www.globalconnectionstelevision.com to view previous programs also if you're involved with the pbs or community access television station or perhaps an educational institution that has an intra-campus television hookup, or you just you have a podcast, or you just have a computer. You like our shows, you would like to share them, please feel free to do so. Global Connections Television is provided at no cost as a public service 
to help us better understand international issues. Today, we're taking a look at an international issue that uh, had quite a bit of success in Myanmar and certainly could have uh, could be a prototype for other parts of the world. My guest is an expert on this topic. Mr. Jeff Hardy is a global change agent, international healthcare facility futurist and planner, who is the founder and president of Care for Peace International. His new book, The Care for Peace Manifesto, a global mandate to secure the second human evolution in perpetuity. Jeff, you've got in your in your title two things that jump out at me right off the bat. First off, uh, the use of the word manifesto. I'm curious why you use that particular word. It, we, we've seen it over the course of the years, but I haven't seen it much lately. Maybe it's just me. I have. I, I live a sheltered life. I don't know. And the other thing too, I'm curious about the the second human evolution. What what was the first human evolution, and what is the second human evolution? Big questions. Um, first of all, when it comes to the manifesto, the idea came from a book I read and a New York a Times article. Excuse me, a New Yorker article about the checklist manifesto, which is exactly what I was thinking when it comes to the process is the solution. Because this man, I don't have his name, I apologize to the, the, the person who wrote the book, um, was talking about how doctors need to follow a process and their operations and their medical processes and their assessment processes will be much better if they follow certain steps, like an airplane pilot following a checklist. And I realized that that's what we've got to do. We've got to have a checklist. If we want to get from the first human evolution to the second human evolution that we have to plan, it better not be like some of those hospitals that I went to that hadn't pre-planned and hadn't really done a good job of planning. So the first thing we have to do is recognize the first human evolution is over. It ended when the mutual assured destruction and all the things in the 60s that reminded us that, hey, we've we've overtaken nature. That's it. Starting two, two and a half million years ago, we started playing with tools and all of a sudden we could wipe out nature in a minute. We're gone. Humans are out of here. That's when it ended. We are now in the suspended human evolution because we can't be looking at doing the things we did in the first human evolution, even though we still are, and it's causing trouble like global warming and oceans rising and overpopulation, over everything, over consumption, over militarization, overburdening the planet, all that stuff. That's where we're at right now. So we better start planning. We better start the process that we need to establish in order to design, to plan the second human evolution. And I don't know what that is. I'm I'm a process guy. I'm a facilitator guy. That's what I've done all my life. And I, I'm not going to pretend to be the guy who but plans, but you can look at the models out there. Uh, Bill and Melinda Gates, World Health Organization, the United Nations, there's a lot of stuff going on. And every American ambassador is out there is following processes, trying to help it along yes. to at least go the next step. 
towards yes. second human evolution. But let's start thinking more about it and collectively use the words second human evolution, because maybe if we start thinking about it, hey, we're not there yet. What's it look yes. like? Let's begin. And you, you have hit on so many of the challenges we have today, the problems we're dealing with. And of course, many of those are being hopefully treated. They're not, uh, even though they're behind schedule right now, on the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals Ooh. to eliminate poverty by 2030, to eliminate hunger, to empower women and girls, to combat climate change, clean up the oceans. Those are the issues. That is a good place to start because there are literally tens, if not hundreds of thousands of NGOs, faith-based groups, service clubs, groups around the world supporting the sustainable development goals. And that's a great place to get involved. Amen. Amen. It certainly is. Yeah. Do you, you factor all of this in, I guess, when you're you're doing your process operations, is that correct? Well, yeah, and look what you're doing with the rotary. I mean, the rotary is a perfect example of moving in the most amazing directory uh, direction. Uh, one of our first advisors, uh, Ken Graham, uh, was a predominant, um, prominent uh, hospital administrator here in Northern California. He's helping the whole clinic development process for Rotary. Uh, and it's becoming an international process. So mm -hmm. what you're doing, Bill, is just awesome. And I, I laud you for what you have been doing all this time and what you represent for the second human evolution. It's certainly a team effort. <laughs> we all Amen. we all have a role to play, no matter oh, how yes. large, how small, whatever it may be. And of course, you mentioned Rotary International. And Rotary has been a key player in the promotion of international peace and economic and social development programs, and especially through the Polio Plus program, that the largest international health program ever undertaken to eliminate the scourge of polio. And Rotary invited the UN World Health Organization, the UN Children's Fund, uh, the Centers for Disease Control to get involved back around 1987, somewhere along in there, to help get rid of the scourge and we are just on the verge of eliminating polio. It, you and I grew up with polio. It'll be a problem of the past. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. What you guys have done is amazing. And uh, by the way, I was a member of uh, Rotary International, and we worked uh, in Myanmar with the Yangon Rotary, who helped us provide some water purifiers for our village. So we've we've been working with the Rotary uh, in Yangon and just wonderful people. And we've exactly. talked to the Rotary in Singapore and no, R Rotary is very much a part of what we are doing and we are part of what they are doing. And many of our viewers might like to go to the websites. I'll mention just two of them offhand. One is www.rotary.org. And that'll give you more information on what Rotary is about, some of the international programs. And they have hundreds, if not tens of thousands, at the local community level. And, of course, the other website is www.un.org. And that takes you into the United Nations website. And it shows everything from peacekeeping to the Security Council 
to the General Assembly, the International Court of Justice, just on across the board, what uh, the UN is doing to combat human trafficking and to help achieve the sustainable development goals. Mm -hmm. but, but anyway, let me ask you, Jeff, in closing, we've got about 30 seconds left. What recommendations would you have for our viewers who want to get actively involved, would like to perhaps emulate what some of the programs you've done in the past or get involved with you and to help move this whole concept forward and to, to really lend a hand to people in other parts of the world? Well, I have I have a uh, self-serving answer, and that is get the book and I'll absorb a lot of the concepts in that book. I haven't even talked about the methodology that is presented in the book called From To Analysis. And I think that if you get the book and learn some of the methodologies, that will help. But more than anything else, go to the internet and Google Nonprofit International, and you will be surprised how many organizations there are. When we were in Myanmar, there were about 50 nonprofit organizations helping out. It is a monumental effort that is going on worldwide. And so I'd say educate yourself to what's already going on out there. And I, if we get people together to design the second human evolution, hey, guys, we are already there. We just have to make it a together process. It's not together yet, but boy, we're working towards the same goals. That's for sure. There is a lot there, and we are on our way. Jeff Hardy, I want to thank you so very much for a very interesting and a very informative program. Thank you, Bill. You're great. My, ple my pleasure. I'm Bill Miller. Thank you for joining us today on Global Connections Television.